we're on a floor right now. Um, yeah, in Brooklyn. In Brooklyn. I've never been in Brooklyn before. How do you like it? It's fine. I mean, kind of, I kind of hate it. <laughs> I kind of hate New York. Wait, why? No, it's like, I've had so, so much fun here, but every time I want to go anywhere, I'm pissed. Every time I want to go from one place to another place, I, uh, I've missed so many trains because I'm so stupid. Uh-huh. No, you're not stupid. Trains are hard. <laughs> it's, like, it's almost evil that we... First of all, any, if you're going anywhere in Brooklyn, you have to go to Manhattan to get there. Yeah. And that's crazy. But then on top of that, if you're new here, you having to use a tram system is awful. It's not helpful. There's no, there's nobody that's like, there's no information desk. There's no fella that's like gonna point me in the right direction. Technically, there is, but there's not always someone in there. There's not, and they, I'm always afraid to ask them. Oh, okay. <laughs> they seem very threatening, and they don't want to be there. Don't want to be helpful. Whenever I'm lost in New York, I just put on my most innocent lost girl face, and I scream, help, help. Oh, I should do that. <laughs> I think that's what I should do. I uh, I, I got the, the subway doors shut on my face. <laughs> I was trying to walk through the subway doors, and they just, like, I'm, I was, like, moving at a normal fucking pace, like, getting up to go into my stop. And the subway doors just shut on my face. Yep. And I was like, there were two seconds where I was like, oh, it's going to move and I'm going to be half out of it and I'm going to die right now. (laughs) Sometimes if they're shut, they'll open them for you. But like, if you don't run, like your life depends on Uh, it, you'll miss the train. Jeez. How often do you miss the subway? Or like, how often have you like gotten off at the wrong stop or missed your stop? I'd say twice a week. Really? It happens a lot? <laughs> oh my god. I'm, I'm, I don't pay attention. That's on okay. me. That's like not the subway's fault. It's like, I'll fall asleep or something. I just Dude, like yeah, zone out. So nice to fall asleep on the subway. I was on a subway last night where I was the only one on it. Me and my friend were the only one on it. And we danced for sure. We did some <laughs> jumping around. I hang, I hung from the, the poles at the top with my feet, uh, and you got some good photos. It's the only reason we did it for photos. I really want to <laughs> see that. That sounds awesome. <laughs> I'll show them to you. I don't have them on my phone. I've never but... had the gall to do that because it just seems like I would injure someone else in the process. But there's no one there. It doesn't matter. I'll injure <laughs> someone else. Like, there will be, like, it will not be good. <laughs> there's this thing that my friends and I did once my first, like, month in New York. Um, called like subway surfing. Okay, like the app. Like, no, where like you just video. stand on the subway and act like you're surfing. It's really fun to do when you're like high, mm-hmm. or, drunk <laughs> or like whatever. Yeah, most things are fun to do when you're high or drunk. I feel like New York is an adult playground. It can be like it is fun to walk. There are cool things here, but I'm also just like, it's an easy city to blame for everything that's going wrong. Yes. I just like leave my wallet at home and I'm just like. New York. <laughs> this would never happen in LA. <laughs> I do like one thing that I miss about LA that like you can't do here is like I'll be I was like walking it was like 3 a.m. last night and me and my friend were like we want to keep hanging out but we don't like being outside and we were high we had more of a joint left and we had food and we were like we fucking wish we had a car. The like I don't know at 3 a.m. I want to be in my fucking car. Like I don't I don't. 
I don't need to be wandering. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can just take the train home. That's what we did, but the car car's a vibe. Car, I do miss. <laughs> like, the longer I'm here, the more I miss a car moment. Mm-hmm. But I think I was at the point before I moved here where I was like, I do not need to be on the road anymore. Like, I had right. just paid to fix my car because I got in an accident, like, six months prior, too. And, like, they were just minor incidents, but, like... I, was, I can't afford to keep paying to get my car fixed every time I hit something because it's going to happen again. I can't keep affording to pay for these five Metro cards that I lost. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Who is stealing my fucking Metro cards? Are they a hot commodity? They are, actually. People will come up to you and be like, give me a Metro card. I'm Shit. like, okay. <laughs> I mean, I have, like, the car, like my car- credit card I can, like, use. Oh, cool. So, I don't even buy one anymore. Oh, look at you. You don't even buy one anymore. Unless I'm going to be using the train a lot that month. Oh no! <sighs> Sorry, I, I'm sniffly. I'm sneezing. Yeah, this is the finale episode of this thing that you're doing, right? And it's you're called just the sick. front porch. I might have forgotten to tell him the name. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm very sick right now. I mean, not that sick. Otherwise, I wouldn't be here. But just like a cold. you're sick enough, where it's like, it, if JP does get sick, it won't be that bad. Yeah, you'll be fine. Like, you know, you'll have to get on a plane on Tuesday or Wednesday. Oh, come on. You know you're going to stay here another week. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave it on Wednesday, I think. Uh, I'm excited to be back in LA. I'll leave like, my car and my cat. How is your cat? My cat's doing well. She, uh, she, we moved into a new place and... And there was another cat living there, kind of. It was like a street cat that like hung out. And then Baz and me, it was my cat's name, me and Baz walked in. And like two days later, that cat, that other cat just stopped coming back to that house. Cat like, my cat fully like dethroned another cat to the point where they didn't even want to like fucking be near that house anymore. And my cat's not even mean. Wow. She's mean to other cats, but she's like. She fucking dethroned another cat. And now, I'm about to move out of that place. So it's like I went in, had my cat just kick out another cat, and now we're just going to leave. <laughs> That's so funny. Wait, how long were you there? Like two months. Okay, were you like, is it like a month-to-month situation? Yeah, it is. Okay. Word. So you left your apartment. Uh, I left the old apartment, yeah, because I was looking for a cheaper place, and I'm leaving the new apartment for personal reasons. <laughs> oh, that's fine, yeah. Yeah, a lot of, I can, yeah, this, uh, this, my friend died when I was living there, and I was like, I just don't like being in that area anymore. Yeah. That's so we're moving thing. on up to another studio that's going to be smaller and more expensive. Oh, it's more expensive. Probably. <laughs> okay, I was like, how? And I was like, well, it well, is L.A. The house I'm living in right now is like a trash house mm. in Echo Park. Okay. And there are holes in our windows. Ugh. And there's a... When when I moved in, uh, the maintenance guy knocked on our door at 2 a.m. And was like, do you want me to put in an A.C. in your room? Because there was no A.C. in my room. Uh and I was like, yeah. And he was like, okay, 2 a.m. I'll do it now. And I was like, I was up, but I was like, okay, wait, how long is it going to take? He's like, 10 minutes. He goes in my room and proceeds to be in there for four fucking hours. <gasps> drill, cutting a hole. Like, he didn't, I didn't have a window. I, I'm on a windowless room. So he cut a hole in my wall. 
and put in an AC in there. And and when it was done, it wasn't like, okay, it's done, now you have an AC. It was, when it was done, I walked in my room, and my entire room, which was set up, I had, like, decorated and, like, put on, put my bed and computer, and, like, everything was there. And it was all lined with drywall from him just cutting <laughs> holes in my wall. And I had to deal with that at 6 a.m. in the morning. And then the AC doesn't work. No. <laughs> like, the AC didn't work. So, like, several weeks later, he comes back and is like, how's that AC? And I'm just like, it doesn't work. Because I didn't even want to tell him. I was just like, all fucking... I put googly eyes on the AC, so it didn't feel like it was there without a purpose. <laughs> uh, I wanted it to have a name. and felt like it belonged. But then my the landlord was like, or the maintenance guy was like, I'll put in a better one. And I was like, okay. He's like, it's bigger, so I'm going to have to dr- drill a bigger, carve a bigger hole. And I was like, fuck, okay. <laughs> so he goes into my room again, carves the bigger hole, takes out the other AC, and just doesn't put the new AC in. <laughs> so now there's just a hole in my wall. <laughs> what? <laughs> just for like two days. There's a hole in my wall. And I don't sleep in my room because I'm afraid my cat's going to jump out of that hole. Of uh, course. And then there's like an AC and it does work. So it, nice in the story. But it kind of looks weird. It's a weird looking AC. It's at an angle. Mm-hmm. It's like pointed up. It's weird. But that's where I live right now. That is hilarious. That's insane. Yeah. Our man, this guy is fucking weird. He like hangs out. Like, <laughs> like I don't want that. <laughs> In New York, there's a lot of situations like that where people will live for free. Really? In the basement of a place if they agree to take care of it. But it's fucked up because it's a hard-ass job to be, like, the maintenance person for the building. Um, And then, like, you're on call at all times for, like, however many different apartments there are. And then you're not getting paid. And so... And then you're... I mean, come on. Any basement apartment, I just don't trust that. Like... In New York, it floods here. Not a lot, but enough to where, like, I wouldn't trust living in a basement apartment. It floods? Yeah. Um, whenever it's, like, a hard storm. Is there a river? (laughs) No, but when there's a hard storm, like, the water gets trapped in all the buildings and shit. Oh, shit. It just floods really bad. And so... That makes sense. There was a rain yesterday. I didn't like it. (laughs) I mean, I like rain. I like rain, but it was, uh... It was a New York rain. (laughs) What didn't you like about it? Yeah, it had an attitude. (laughs) <laughs> the rain does have an attitude. It had an attitude about it. Uh, it was fun. It was cool. We were like running from a show to another show in the rain. That sounds yeah, <laughs> honestly stressful. I'm such a baby when it rains in New York. I'm like, oh, it's chilly. I'm like, I'll just Uber home. I'm only a mile away. I've Ubered home so much and like not been a mile away. I've Ubered. I've been like, I've given up on trying to figure out the subway so many times where I'm like. I've said the phrase, I'm going to treat myself to an Uber three times a day. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm not like a rich person that can afford an Uber. I cannot. But I've been doing it. (laughs) I do that too. And my friend always makes fun of me. He's like, you're not a real New Yorker. And I'm like, I never claimed to be. Like, I just live here now. Like, I am definitely from North Carolina. Like, for sure, like, still small girl, big city, whatever. Yeah, you live in Brooklyn. <laughs> I uh, yeah, I'm also from North Carolina. I don't like being from North Carolina. 
it's not I have no fucking I have no nationalism to my state whatever the phrase is I don't give a shit yeah I feel similar in some ways like I don't I used to feel shameful for telling people where I'm from now I'm like okay there's a bad a lot of bad things with our state but there's a lot of bad things with every part of the US and so now I'm like I'm just from North Carolina and if people judge me I'm like I can't help where I was born and where my parents wanted to raise me. I am racist, but I was. But that I means it's just a product of my my upbringing. <laughs> it's not my fault. <laughs> <laughs> that's, but that's how some people genuinely feel. Yeah, especially where I mean. we're from. Yeah, my, I mean, I don't really know a lot of North Carolina people that aren't something that are like kind of racy or homophobic. But it's just also just it's just such a boring. I'm from Raleigh. You're from Dunn. So like. But, like, even Raleigh, like, our cool thing was we had three malls. Oh, wow. And you could hit them all in one day, and they all had the same stores. <laughs> uh, and, and then, like, maybe if you had time, you'd go to the comic book store and not buy anything, because we were kids, and we didn't have money. <laughs> but, like, that was what we would do. We would go shopping. Like, that's not a fun city. No, I liked living in the country more, because there was more to do. Like, I'd go swimming all the time, and, like... Any body of water my friends and I could have access to. And we'd get on boats and, like, go tubing. And I I lived in Boone when I went to college, so I went hiking a lot into a bunch of watering holes. So, like, I feel like I had a very fun experience in North Carolina, despite all the trauma that came from growing up, like, religious and all that good stuff. me too. But... The, like, the good parts were really good. The bad parts were really bad. Of religion? Of religion, and then, like, the people I got mixed up with, like, in later high school years, they just... I'm not gonna talk shit about them, per se. Do it. Are they gonna listen? (laughs) I don't know. And And if they do... Listen, if they do listen, that probably means your podcast has gotten big enough to where you don't have to worry about what they think. That's fair. I shouldn't worry about people (laughs) thinking so much. I just feel like I wish I hadn't gotten mixed up with, like... A few people from that group. Um, okay, yeah. The group as a whole, I think they're good-hearted people. I just think I ended up at a church in my later high school years that I thought I could trust. And they, I just got indoctrinated with some pretty toxic theology. But I that was also yeah. my whole life. Like, it wasn't just that church. It was, Me like, too. from the time I was born and then that church specifically. I was, like, after I left, I realized, holy shit, that was fucked up. Yeah, no, dude, I was in, like, a low-key cult, because I, like, it was Christian, but it was also everybody in my life, like, everybody, my dentist, my doctor, my swim coach, my taekwondo teacher, my boy scout master, everyone went to my fucking church. My therapist went to my church. Like, my therapist was friends with my parents, which is kind of fucked. Like... (laughs) It's, like, actually really fucked. No, that is fucked. And, like, every single person that in my life was, like, connected to my church. So it was, like, impossible to get away. I don't know. Are you still a Christian? Um, I go back and forth on this about every day. I started writing a blog Friday about... Oh, aren't you a bl- special? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I deserve that. Um, but um, I started writing just about my experience growing up in what I call a cult, for sure. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and I tried to break it down because it's not like the cultiest of cults. It's not. No, it's not. And we weren't like asked to drink virgin blood. No. Every day. <laughs> yeah, like Fucking only Wednesdays. twice a week. Yeah. <laughs> um, so like it's just hard. I feel like to describe to someone who didn't experience it because you know people on the outside are like either it's a cult or not a cult, but it just is more nuanced than that. But I guess to answer your question. I feel like I don't want to be associated with that cult-like community. Yeah. But I still believe in God. I Yeah, I get that. I think, like, I eventually, this year, was kind of like, okay, I don't think I'm a Christian. And a big tipping point was my best friend died two months ago, a little under two months ago. And he was very sudden, and it passed away. He had a heart attack kind of out of nowhere. And I was already not a Christian. But, like, my parents were like, hey, maybe this is a good time to, like, use God and go to the church. Maybe that'll help. And I'm just like, I know for a fact my friend was not a Christian. And your religion states that those people go to hell of not believing in that religion. Yeah, like, I think that's super absolutely. fucked Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> like, that's, like, bottom line, like, I hate, I fucking hate that. That everyone that's not a Christian goes to hell is so, and people talk about this all the time that's just fucked but like especially experiencing a person close to you dying dying i can't fucking believe in a, a religion that says that he's going to hell and i don't really care if i'm wrong like it doesn't i don't know like well i think just the idea of hell in general is a place people go for all for like the stupidest reason like if you believe in god or don't like that is not a reason you should be like damned to like a place of eternal torment oh yeah and it's also used as like a th- hell was always used as like a threat for yeah. christians to use like if you do that you get a bit a bit you're gonna go to hell like if you uh, you bathe with the wrong loofah you're fucked like i mean i remember being so scared in middle school and high school and honestly college of like oh fuck if i fuck up i'm going to hell like that is the only thing that will happen to me. And what's even more fucked is like, oh no, you're saved. You're not going to hell. And I'm like, okay, Ooh. then why would I have to follow these rules? And then it's like, well, you do, <coughs> you do the things because you love God. And I'm like, what has God do done you? for me? Yeah. Like, I just, I don't know. I had a lot of issues with that theology. And I feel like, I don't know. I feel like I don't believe a lot of it anymore, but mm. I feel like because I believe in God, I have to call myself a Christian, but I just don't like, well, it's, I it's, don't like doing that. It's so, so hard when you grow up in a church and grow up in like a really like church that just kind of like takes over most of your life in family. It's really hard to officially say, like, it was so hard to be like, okay, I'm not a Christian, especially because like, uh, Especially because, like, of the hell, you know? Like, it's so... It, I always used to think that it was, like... Why... Do, well, let's... Let's... Why not just be a Christian? Because, like... If... What if they're right? Just in case. Let's do it just in case they're right. So I... I go to heaven. And I think that's stupid because, like... I started saying... Near the end, I started saying shit like... Well, my Jesus likes gay people. <laughs> and I'm like, no, he d- not the Christian Jesus. He doesn't like gay people, I don't think. Like, well, maybe he does, but but he, he, he kept it in the Bible. And the Bible, to me, is a thing written by dudes. Because if it was really written by a supreme being, they would have written something 
that could stand the test of time. Yeah, and like, can we talk about how much of a jerk off Paul was? I don't know, like, <laughs> I haven't really read the Bible. What did he do? He just really had a shitty attitude when he was writing, I feel like. When his, any of his letters, he just has this very holier-than-thou attitude. Oh, and I get it. It just rubs me the wrong way. Like, anytime I read it, and I mean, I feel that. Like, there's so many terrible things in there about women, too. Like, they have to, like, submit to their husbands. Okay, in that verse, though, technically, the husbands also have to submit to their wives. Cause that's... No, but there's definitely, like, But a there's, like, vibe. other scriptures, like, that are, like, There's really... a full vibe of the Bible that's very misogynistic and very, like, women are supposed to be wives. Yeah, and... I don't care what the culture was at that time. I mean, that's fucked up. Jesus hangs out with prostitutes, which is cool, but like, you know, that's not always enough. And <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we needed him to be like out there <laughs> knocking on senators' doors. Alright, making changes. <laughs> Alright. He died. literally the best thing that he did was let some people kill him. Like <laughs> And how was that helpful? Fucking big stunt. Are you David Blaine Jesus? What are you doing? <laughs> That's a great... That'll be a t-shirt in like a month. Whenever we air this thing. <laughs> uh, so, has the podcast started? What What is this podcast? It's called The Front Porch. So basically, do you have a front porch in mind? Does it have to be a front porch? No, it can be anywhere. It's just the uh, metaphor. So what do we do with... I mean, okay, so I've never been a... Per- I've always wanted, like, a secret place that's cool. But, like, I never really... I'm always going to new places. I I like hanging out on curbs. I like hanging out in the back of comedy shows where you can talk shit and no one can hear you. Mm, yeah. Um, but so what do we do with that information? Well... Do we just pretend and keep talking? Well, how it's supposed to go. I should have giving you a rundown (laughs) (laughs) do it now okay yeah so pick a place that's special to you it can be fictional it can be real i can be fictional yeah got it okay what this what is the place narnia fuck yeah i fucking love that series okay but like i don't believe in god still you know oh no for sure (laughs) that's fine like i just believe in lions that talk like narnia was so cool even like i don't know i could it it's just cool it's a pretty cool place with a pretty uh pretty fun crew <laughs> like they they do they get up to some shenanigans them that that group and there's cool like creatures and shit yeah um okay so we're at narnia we're in narnia i'm gonna be a i'm gonna have goat legs we don't have to talk about it but i just i do oh I, yeah i don't want to be a satyr Mostly because I'm really embarrassed about how poorly I am at playing most musical instruments. And I feel like satyrs just get that, like, flute. Just, it's in their blood. I don't know if that's racist towards satyrs, but I'm pretty sure all of them know how to play a pan flute. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure you're wrong. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, what? listen, if some satyrs want to jump in the comments. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let us know. I will respond. I'll respond to every single satyr that hops into the comments of this podcast. That's going to be great press for us. Do podcasts have comments? They do if they're on a website. Okay. Satyrs, hit us up. Let us know. Let us know. Um, but until you do, I'm going to assume every single one of you plays a pan flute. I just feel like that's something my dad would do. Like, my dad was all the time as a kid, like, pulling out all these secret talents he had. Like, 
Oh, really? Yeah, he, like, he, one time he pulled out a saxophone and just, like, started playing. And I was like, what? <laughs> Did you have a saxophone before, Father? Yeah. Is that new? My mom uh, used to clog. She was big into clogging. Like, oh, those shit. are wooden shoes and going, dub doop doop whatever they do. She did all that shit. She did competitions. That's amazing. What? That's awesome. Yeah. My mom's really white. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, I don't know if that, I guess that's like a, I mean, we're. It's like we're, a Dutch thing? I'm I not don't sure. know. Um, but there was a lot of clogging happening in my hometown. Like, there's it was a, a big thing. There's a little bit of clogging. I don't know if my mom ever went to Dunn's for clogging, but she clogged. She clogged, and boy, did she clog her ass off. What did you do? Did you do anything exciting? Are you going to be able to impress your, your children or your... I play piano and violin and a little mandolin. I play a little mandolin, too. Yeah. Not that great. But you have but... to when you live in the South. Like, everyone's born yeah. holding a mandolin, I, and yeah, you have I, to learn how to play. I play the mandolin. I, the first instrument I picked up was the banjo. I kind of played drums, but mostly the banjo was the first thing I tried to pick up because all my friends were starting bands and I knew that I wasn't cool enough to be allowed to play guitar. So the two instruments, I like, I picked up banjo because I was like, okay, well these guys, they're starting bands and they're gonna need a banjo player. And, and I'm the only banjo player in the school. So I'm gonna get a lot of offers. A lot. I'm gonna be asked to be in a lot of bands. Did you? No, I didn't get in one. <laughs> I eventually, I kind of did. We had one called Nine One One, but that was, but that was like, all we did was draw pictures of ourselves. <laughs> uh, we didn't actually ever rehearse. You never played anywhere. No, it was we all. None of us had were uh, talented at, at instruments. <laughs> none of us had. Eventually, but I was like in middle school. I, I even that was like in elementary school. In the middle school, I bought a bass guitar. Like I saved up money, and I bought it. It was one of the first things I ever like saved up a lot of money to buy. I bought a bass guitar for the same reason. I was like, okay, I get it. Not every band needs a banjo player, but bassist. I can be a bassist. And then I did actually like get some people to want to play with me. But here was the thing. I didn't learn how to play the bass. <laughs> uh, I just kind of bought one. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so I, like, tried, and I, I dicked around. I was part of a chamber ensemble. How did that go? Oh, I, I always forgot my music. And then I would, they would all be playing, and I'd just be kind of going, doop 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 the whole time and my the teacher knew she knew that i wasn't good at instruments oh it was fine i did theater and did tech crew um wait that's cool did you is that what what sparked your interest in comedy was that something Uh, bill cosby that's Bill we're gonna Co- cut that. We're gonna, uh, uh, <laughs> we're gonna insert someone else. <laughs> insert Crystalia or Louis C.K. Um, Tony Hinchcliffe too. Just all the be- all the people that I feel like as comedians have done nothing wrong. Uh, yeah, cut all this. Uh, all bad people. It's fine. Um, cut all that. <laughs> I uh, well, okay. To tell the honest truth. It was a little bit Bill Cosby, 
But not, not just because, like, okay, so when I was a kid, and that's a lot of comedians, too. When I was a kid, my dad was just a big fan of Bill Cosby, so he would play me Bill Cosby records. And then I, I always have listened to stand-up as I've gone to sleep. So I would listen to him, and then I got into other artists. Uh, artists. I got into other comedians. And I just started getting into it. And then in college, I tried it out and liked it, but I didn't dedicate my career to it. And it's been very progressive. There's never been a moment where it's like, there's never been like a spark moment. It's just been like, I've progressed into the point where I am now, which is like, it's all I want to do. And it's all I'm like dedicating myself to. But it was definitely like, it took me for a while. It also, the biggest thing that kind of got me into it is like realizing that I can kind of only hang out with comedians. Oh, I, okay. I resonate with that. Like, I don't really love hanging out with people that aren't in it. Because there's a, there's a vibe to comics. We're allowed to say shit to each other. That, like... And I, I definitely feel like... Even even though, like, non-comedians can be hilarious. Uh, they're just... It's like... They're weirdly, like, not invited to the party. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, like, I do. Like, you can say something so mean to somebody you're so close to. And if you're both comics, you just laugh. But if, like, a person that's not a comedian that's just as close to you says the exact same thing, I'm, like, sometimes, like, okay, but, like, you don't get to say it. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. You don't get to make fun of me like that. You're not part of this. I don't know. It's a... It is a thing that... And it's such a... It's such a gatekeepy comedian thing that I'm totally okay with. (laughs) That I'm absolutely... I'm absolutely okay with cutting out non-comics from from being allowed to say certain shit and they will say shit and they won't understand that but i am allowed to be frustrated with them yeah definitely for sure well because okay there's one thing though that i feel like i've observed is that okay maybe this isn't a correct observation actually i might have to redact it later but good no don't don't just, no, this is 100%. Grace told me, she cut this, but she just told me that she's 100% on board with what she's about to say. She's a, this is a foolproof observation. <laughs> so my relationship to stand-up at the moment is very, I surround myself with comedians because I feel like my energy is comedian-ish. Yeah. Or like, I can jive, but I don't do stand-up consistently because... <sighs> I'm tired. <laughs> like, I get it. Yeah. I'm just like, I don't, I'm just not there yet mentally. You, you also have, like, I mean, not to say that comedians don't have other shit going for them, but you have, you, to be, to, like, really do the comedian thing. And New York is even harder than L.A. Like, it's even more of a grind. Like, I'm doing stand-up every single night in L.A., and I've been doing it every single night here, but, like, I'll be at a place, and, like, it'll be, like, the person's, like, 15th time getting up that night. Like... It's it's a grind and like there's we do that in LA too but it's it's a dedication and you have to really I think you know you want to do something like you know that something is what you want to do for the rest of your life when you're willing to deal with all of the shit that comes with it and for stand up that's like being up at midnight and two a.m. doing sets hanging out at clubs even when you don't want to like sometimes you take off like you can do what you want but like it's it's such a grind and such a hustle and you have to love it yeah 
And I don't. And I want to. You can get there. I didn't for a while. I, I did like, not before yeah. the pandemic. No, but um, what made you fall in love with comedy? Meeting friends. Aww. Like, I mean, no, I always loved comedy. But, like, the, the thing that made me, like, grind and hustle was just, like, when I was able to... I mean, I... Even if... Like, I'm in it now. So, like, even if it wasn't... I'm, I don't need people to be going out and doing it with me all the time i don't need company all the time but uh like it literally i just really wanted to do it and then meeting people that i cared about in the scene i'm in the la comedy scene and just meeting people there and that group like who are grinding hard like honestly it really took me getting to know people that i thought were better than me and me getting to know people that I thought were grinding harder than me to push me to doing that. Because I was, like, hanging out with people where I was the hardest worker. And I don't think you should be that. You sh- It's, like, I like I do feel lazy sometimes. But, like, I don't want to be the hardest worker of my friends. Because then, like, I have nobody to fucking... I'm not competing with my friends. But I am, like, trying to fucking get at their level, you know? I feel like it's just a good way to hold each other accountable. Absolutely. Like, a loving way. Because... You're all on your different path. You don't have to be doing the same thing. And I don't know. You don't you just don't no, need to we, be. No, and we're not. But, like, we're not doing the same thing. But it is, like, when I see people, like, working fucking their asses off, it makes me want to do that. So that's, for me to, like, when I realized, like, I need to be grinding is when I started to hang out with people that were. And now I'm past that point, and I'm, like, I am, and I'm doing pretty well. I'm, like, in the scene. But... It is, like, that was what I needed to, like, kick myself into gear. It's just, like, people to fucking do it with and come up with. Um, how long did that take you, you think, to find that network? The moment I started, like, frequenting open mics, I was able to find stuff. Like, I, I kind of, in beginning of 2021, so it's actually pretty recent when I really... Because I've been doing stand-up for, like, four years, but I just... I didn't really grind. I was doing shows and stuff, but I wasn't grinding my ass off like I am now. Uh, and it's a lot of it has to do with like denial of thinking, I don't really need to go to open mics. I don't need to be going out every day. I can make it without that. And you can. Like, there are other, there are many avenues to success, but I realize like that's not, I don't just want to like make it, you know? I want to be respected. I want to respect in the community, and I want to work hard, and I want to be really good. I want to be great. So I know that to do that, I need to be, like, working my ass off, writing all the time, going to mics, doing shows, going to other people's shows, like, everything that it takes. And it's hard, and it's exhausting, and it doesn't give you money right now, but it's it's worth it. Because, it's like, it's kind of like the fucking life. It's a life. Damn, that's beautiful. <laughs> no further questions. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, but that is really like We're still in Narnia, right? Yeah, definitely. Okay, cool. Yeah. Talking about comedy. Um, how many mics do you hit up in Narnia? Are there any open mics? Oh, I hit I hit mics every day. I mean like there have been time pandemics made things a bit weird, so like I've I've hit like four or five in a day pandemic time, but you can do more for sure. In New York, you can do a lot, but I usually try every day to be somewhere. Like I'll do an I'll do a mic or I'll do a couple few mics, and I'll try to be at a show, 
or I'll try to go to a club, uh, like a comedy club. And like, even if I have a show, I'll try to do mics before that. And like, sometimes you get, you get burnt out and you need to take a day off or a couple even, and like maybe try to write. Uh, there's like definitely a balance to it that everyone's still figuring out, but it's, it's pretty fucking like, I, I do it every day. Yeah, for sure. Like I've done, since I've done shows every day since I'm out in New York. And like, that's kind of like, it's a fucking marathon though. Cause like you, you do this stuff for a while and like you start to get noticed and you start to gain respect from the community. Uh, but it's, you, you, we're at this for a while. Yeah. I mean, how long have you been doing stand up? Like the, I started in college, but I really, I don't even know. Like I started in college and maybe did an open mic like twice a month. And then I moved to LA and didn't really do any open mics, but kind of, I had an in with a bringer show, this show called Rebels of Comedy. Ah, uh, classic. And it was kind of like, I now don't really do stuff with them. That's, uh, that's the natural progression of comedy. Yeah, you yeah, kind of sure. You get to grow out of that. You do, and like, I don't need it anymore. And it's mostly, like, there's still like, undeniably, like, this show had really good audiences. But they were, it was a bringer show, and that wasn't even what made me stop wanting to go. It was a bringer show, and... I got to the point where I was doing well on the show and like the guy who ran it would sometimes make me bring people. Sometimes he would like charge me for tickets and if I didn't bring people and I was an idiot and I would pay them and that was stupid of me to do and also fuck him for charging me as like a kid in LA who didn't know anybody to bring to a show. But I, but like the main thing that I disliked near the end because I wasn't really bringing anybody who was just putting me up was... And I probably could, if I could, I might, I might not never do it again if I can do it without ever bringing anybody, because it's a good audience. Uh, but the thing I hate is that he doesn't vet the people, and there's a lot of bringer shows, he doesn't vet anyone that he puts on, so when you're, so the green room sucks. So I don't know anybody in the green room, and they're all like, day three comics. Yeah. Who are not fun to talk to, and have their own opinion on shit, and I'm sure day 20 comics don't like talking to me like i'm 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 in it it's my life but i am not a veteran you know i've been i've been at this relatively recently i'm young and i'm working my ass off and i'm doing things but like i know where i stand uh so so it's like and it's, it's but it is like annoying when like you're meeting a person that's kind of only done this bringer show and they kind of have their opinions on everything and they're just not funny and not fun to talk to and i love and like pretty much every other show i go to in la like it's real comics oh not every other show but pretty much every show that i like in la is always real comics and it's a hang and your friends want to come support not because it's like just because like they will actually have a fun time i don't want to invite my friends to a show where i'm going to be the only comedian they like yeah no i felt that way about those bringer shows too i was like I can't subject people to this. Yeah. Like, it's just awful. And I was about to name drop. <laughs> Go it for it. I, I, I already not... said TK. Oh, no, I didn't. But now I did. <laughs> uh, whatever. He's in Dallas now. What is he going to do? Wait, he's in Dallas? Yeah, he moved to Dallas. Not really a scene there. But he moved to Dallas to start a comedy club. What? With his wife? Yeah. And he hasn't changed his set in, like, for 30 years? No. He hasn't. That's the thing about, like, that fucking show, man. Like, people are... 
a show is like when you only do that show because that's what a lot of people do they only do that show because it's easy to get on and if you do it once a month you can be like hey friends come see me do comedy and you're only hang those people are only hanging out with non-comics so they're like all their friends are like yeah well that'll be fun and then you're just kind of doing your act you go to mics and you go to other shows and you go to people like and it's an easy room too so people are like we'll do that and then go to an open mic and then bomb at an open mic, and they'll be like, ugh, well, open mics are stupid, because, like, nobody wants to laugh. And I'm like, no, open mics are great. Sometimes people are dreadful. Sometimes they're dreadful. But open mics are also great, because, like, if you're good, you can still get them. Yeah. And, like, you need to develop your fucking sense of humor, not just your act, not just, like, your bits. Yeah, you're right. It's a, it's a hard world, but I, I love it. It's oh. fucking... It's fucking rough, though. <laughs> what was, like, maybe one of the worst things to happen to you at an open mic? At an open mic? I mean, I don't... Or, like, maybe a show. That's probably better. You might want to cut this. I I don't know if I want... But I'll say it. Okay. Uh, I don't really care. I don't know if this is the worst thing. It wasn't great, but it was recent. Like, I, uh... I, at the Hollywood Improv, they opened this... They were doing an outdoor mic, and it was actually a lot of fun, and a lot of people showed up, and it was cool. And one time, the first time I got to go up, because it was kind of a merit-based mic, like, they kind of put up who they wanted mm-hmm. to over the course of four hours, and I got to go up a few times, which is cool. Um, I went up, and I did okay. I was like, It was like a fucking late-night spot, and a lot of people had left. And I was just doing my thing, and the guy who was hosting shows, his name was Gary Cannon. He's the warm-up guy for Conan. Oh, cool. And, like, he, like, called me up to a bar afterwards. He was like, dude, I like your set. Let's get to know each other. And I was like, cool. And then he asked for my phone number. And then while I was at the bar just talking to him normally, he bought me some beers, like, multiple. And I just started getting really fucking... He just, like, while we were next to each other, started texting me really creepy shit. (gasps) Uh, and like, right, kind of some explicit shit. And then when I was, and I just like drove home, I just like left and drove home drunk because I was like, I don't want to be next to him. And then he started texting me more explicit shit, and I would be like, I don't want to do anything. And he was like, I'm joking. And then he would go back into it. And I soon found out that he did this to everyone, and I ended up writing some jokes about it and telling them at the improv. It was kind of like, it's not the worst, obviously, I mean, like, I know you're not supposed to compare sexual harassment stories. Like that, I mean, like, I am a, I guess I haven't really introduced myself. I'm JP, I'm a virgin, I'm kind of autistic, uh, it's my thing, it's, so, like, I haven't really, I'm not used to getting, like, in those situations, so when I get texted that I, I want you to masturbate in, 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 on a video and send it to me, uh, and then I text it afterwards, I'm just kidding, was a joke. I don't really know what to do with that information, and I'm kind of freaked out. So that was pretty, pretty rough. Uh, still not, I mean, like, yeah, it was, wasn't the worst sexual harassment. Plenty of terrible things that happen in LA comedy all the time. Uh, there, Bill Cosby's name is still on the comedy store wall. What? Yeah, everyone's name is still on the comedy store wall. They need to take that shit down. Cosby, Dalia, Michael Richards... You can that, which means you can stay the N word and stay irregular. <laughs> oh gosh! It's a it's a it's a fun place. It's a fun town, but that's comedy. I mean, like com- comedy's dirty, but it's just because like 
it's our jobs to be our personalities. Like every industry is dirty, but it's not in this, but it's easier for people to hide it somewhere else, I guess. It's weird when your career is just who you are as a person. That's the hardest part about entertainment is like you are become a brand and it feels so unauthentic, but yet at the same time it is. I feel like one comedian I shouldn't say who they are, even though this is going to be a compliment to them. Okay. But I work with them, so, like, I'll cut this, too. Um, so, I feel like Michael Che does a really good job of keeping his life private, but still being honest. Yeah. Like, I work with him, don't know anything about him, but, like, I would not say that he's unauthentic. I just think he does a really good job of keeping... His personal life personal. Yeah. But still being able to share with people and, like, make people feel safe in an audience and, like, be funny. And, I don't know, I like his style of comedy and how he's able to do that and, like, ride that line. And I'm like, I want to do that. Like, that's... Yeah. Like, I feel like the type of lifestyle I feel like I want to find a way to duplicate in a way. It's a... It's interesting, and it's like, it takes time to figure out what you want to talk about on stage and what your angle is, and I like being personal on stage. I don't tell everybody everything, but I like, if I can make a joke about something, I will. I made jokes about my friends dying. I made jokes about being sexually harassed. Like, I feel like it's a reward for going through shit sometimes, but there's also stuff that I don't talk about that I'm like, I don't need out there. Yeah, no, I feel that way too. Well, there's one quote I heard once, I forget by who. Um, but making jokes about the tragic things that happen to you isn't a way of downplaying it. It's a way of not giving it power. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's important. And maybe what some normies <laughs> forget. Civilians. Who get, like, upset. Well, okay. There is a time and place to get upset. <clears throat> Dave Chappelle special. <clears throat> oh, okay. <laughs> um, but... Then there's also jokes that are, like, about someone's personal life. Um, and people are like, I'm offended by that. And it's like, well, that was about me. That wasn't about you. And that was about my life. Right. And it's like, I want to talk about that experience in that way. And I choose to to not give it power. Yeah. No, I, I got some. When I was trying to tell my Gary Cannon sexual harassment bits, there were some people that were like, Thought that I was, like, trying to fucking cancel him on stage. And I, I did use his name a few times. I ran the jokes. For sure. And I wasn't not... I wasn't, like, trying to cancel him. I mean, I don't know why I wouldn't try to cancel him. He fucking was a creep. But people thought I was, like, trying to use it to, like, prop myself up. Yeah. And I'm like, no. I went through something dramatic and I wrote what I thought were funny jokes. And I kind of want to tell them. Also, I wanted to tell them because it was empowering to me to tell them and like i didn't need like it just it helped me and it made some people laugh like fucking whatever that was the end of it yeah absolutely also if someone does that to you you absolutely can name drop them and fuck whoever says yeah people people are just like since he hasn't he hasn't really a person with power and i think he did kind of get canceled like he stopped hosting the improv and now like everybody knows his deal uh, good. I mean, he's got to be held accountable, and like yeah. he can't be doing shit like that. It's disgusting. Yeah, no, he's it's it's absolutely ridiculous. It's gross. 
But, you know, I think uh, that stuff's around and, like, people are weird about it, especially when it's a person with some amount of power or influence because they're just, like, a lot of people are just, like, do you want a career or do you want to, like... Because there's this girl named Caroline Georges. Oh. Who went on... She is... You can cut this, too. Uh, We're just going to cut the last half of this interview. (laughs) Well, she's just... She's kind of crazy and she's a coke addict and... She, she. I once saw her tell a person that she they weren't pretty enough to get raped, like oh fuck that in an aggressive, non-jokey way. Oh uh, no, that's like, awful. But anyway, so so Bobby Lee used to do a bit on some podcasts where he, I haven't really listened to the bit, and it's kind of a creepy bit, but it is implied that he might have had sex with a younger prostitute. Uh, maybe I don't know, but it is a joke. Well, because the joke is she looks like Natalie Portman. From the professional. Like, that's the bit that he does. Oh. So it's a joke. But it's also, there's stuff around it, and it's fucking, I haven't, I haven't listened to it in a while, but I did listen to it when this came out. And, like, so that's Bobby Lee, and there's some weird shit there. But Caroline Georges went up at the comedy store in the original room, I think it was, took her phone got during bobby lee's set got up on the stage and recorded him and was just like you raped a a 12 year old girl or some shit like you rape like you fucking you're a pedophile like kept saying that to him and he was just like this is all recorded like like at the comedy store like during his set she got up on stage and started harassing him because he probably did something really bad um but also she's kind of crazy and was very much doing it i think to prop herself up so it's like a lot of people see that as well when like a bad thing happens and somebody's trying to go at them uh but like also caroline bobby lee didn't do anything to caroline george's was the thing it's like who gave you the right to go after him for this yeah i mean i understand the mentality of like if you don't see anybody else talking about it you wanting to start something especially if you feel bad about what they did i understand that but I don't know, like, she went up on the stage without anything significant to say, and just a, and her phone camera pointed at him. Like. That's not the most effective tool. No, and it also, like, kind of got her fucking blacklisted from the scene. Yeah, like, you can't go on after that. Even if someone did something terrible, I feel like. I don't know, sue them. Like, uh, not that he shouldn't be held accountable and maybe well, like, not be doing stand-up he, anymore. Also, it's just like, I don't really know what he did because, like, the thing that she was, like, saying he did was a thing he regularly went on podcasts and talked about as a joke. And so it was, like, it was kind of a known thing. And I don't... So it wasn't like this secret thing came out. You know, it was just, like, it was a bit that he was running on podcasts that, if it is true, is pretty fucked up. But it was also, like, a comedic comedic bit he was running on podcasts yeah damn i mean she could have just pulled him after the show and said that's not funny (laughs) she wanted to make like a public thing to like she wanted to cancel bobby lee but how does she know that it was an underage girl like it she doesn't we don't know the details like i mean the like the 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 joke on the podcasts that bobby lee runs a bit on is like i was i think he was in argentina i could be wrong and he was like, and I was uh, trying to have sex with this prostitute, 
and she looked like Natalie Portman from The Professional. And if you've seen that movie, Natalie Portman's like 12 in it. Uh, okay, so that's where... Yeah, so that's the joke. If you look at Natalie Portman, <sighs> dot, 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 from The Professional. That's not funny. <laughs> it's, it's a little funny. <laughs> but it's also like fucked up if it's true. Um, and Bobby Lee is a little fucked up. It so. sounds like maybe both he and her should not do stand-up for a minute and maybe go to therapy. <laughs> like, that's what I'm getting from she, this story. Yeah, Bobby Lee. I mean, Bobby Lee's, like, performing every night at the store. I don't think he gives a fuck. But, like, that's a lot of comedians who are just, like, they did shit. Like, I don't know. Like, it's a it's a dirty world. But also, so is the fucking world. Yeah. Like, it does, like whatever career you're in. You work at a Taco Bell, your manager probably did, like, stabbed a dude after he fucked his wife like you're not you're not getting away like people need to stop i mean like listen i'm all about i'm not gonna go into a pc culture rant here but i do think people need to stop like stop having the goal of making the world perfect that's like very yeah yeah. Like, we can do our best, and we can do our part, but, like, the world's not perfect, it's fucked up, it's always been fucked up, and we can't, we gotta, like, get away from the idea that we're gonna fix everything. It's more like finding a ways to improve things how they are, and I think just opening up a culture of forgiveness, and making that something, I think... To circle back to the religion thing, that is the one takeaway, and even though it has been misused, I think, in a lot of ways, like, religion in general, but, like, also, like, forgiveness and, like, that's been misused and used to hurt people, like, you should forgive someone who hurt you, blah, 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 but, like, I do think that for me, that takeaway of, like, from religion to forgive and keep your heart open to forgiveness has helped me a lot in my life. Mm -hmm. And I would never tell someone to forgive someone who hurt them because that's really fucked up. But for me, it's just helped clear out negative energy from my heart. And I wish our culture was open to that. I do too. And like, I'm, I'm bad. I'm like, I like forgiveness, but I'm also like, I know one thing about me is that I kind of hold grudges a little bit like I can get through it with people but I hold grudges and like I'm not I'm, I'm not a confrontational person I'm not a, an aggressive person but like I'm an aggressive shit talker uh if I get in like if somebody wants to talk to me about somebody that I'm not doing well with I will get mad like like and that and like it's just like it's something that I'm working on but it's also like I I am not the quickest to forgive uh personally do you ever find feel like that might be a little a bit of a a result of the religious trauma in some ways because you couldn't feel the anger and so now that you can i don't know maybe at least for me that's how it feels like i just don't like being wronged yeah no i'm not good at like forgiving somebody what do i feel like i'm being wronged not always it depends how the situation plays out like i can and i can get over it really quickly depending on how it's handled but like if, if somebody fucking wrongs me i like i've been known to hang on to that for a second really valid though i mean i'm not i feel like 
forgiveness, if you're going to do that, it takes time. And then, like, if someone really fucked you over, it's like, why even bother? Because they fucked you over. Yeah. Majorly. I don't know. It's always a complicated issue. There's a lot of people out there to be friends with if, if people are fucking you over. Yeah. But, you know, we're in Narnia, so who cares? They're dwarfs. <laughs> um, I guess we'll wrap this up, and then we'll use half of it. Um, perfect, perfect. It's <laughs> it's good, though. Okay, great. I'm glad. I guess we should wrap it up. Oh, okay. Sorry, I got I got a little excited. Um, This has been JP Puffin Beetle. Hi, I'm JP Puffin Beetle. Do you have anything you want to plug? Instagram, socials? Yeah, my Instagram is JP Puffin Beetle. Um, I do a podcast with my friend Miranda Meadows called the Magical Storytime Adventure Saga, uh, where we dress up in costumes and play pretend for a little while. Uh, it's weird and fun, and we've only we're we're starting to release episodes now. And then, uh, you know, if you're ever in, out in LA, look for my name at places. I'll be at those places. <laughs> I was about to say if you're also in New York for the next two days. But this won't be released for like a, a minute. Yeah, well, maybe I'll be back in New York. Who knows? If he's back, you'll know because you'll follow him on Instagram and he'll announce yeah, it. Yeah, what up? <laughs> he's very funny. He is one of my favorite comedians. And you should all check out his stuff. Okay, bye. Is that how you end? You say bye? Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. bye. See you later.